Welcome to The Investigation. I'm Chris Flaster, Senior Executive Producer here at ABC News, and I'm joined by my colleagues John Santucci and Catherine Falders. Joining us today is Congressman David Cicilline, one of the first congressmen to call for an impeachment inquiry and is also a member of the Judiciary Committee. And Congressman, you have said that you anticipate Mueller's testimony tomorrow to be, it's going to be a very sobering hearing. I mean, what do you mean by that? What do you what do you expect to Bob Mueller to do? What I mean is this is I think will be the first time that the that the majority of the American people will have the opportunity to actually hear directly from Mr. Mueller about what is in his report. I mean, he conducted an investigation for 22 months and I think he's going to requ- recount the serious misconduct of the president such as the president uh, attempting to fire the special counsel and directing uh, his legal counsel to do that. Uh, that legal counsel, Don McGahn, refused, and then he asked Don McGahn to lie about it and even prepare a false document. You'll hear Mr. Mueller talk about Corey Lewandowski, a third you know, party not in the administration, and the president directed him to tell the Attorney General of the United States uh, to tell the special counsel to limit his investigation to future presidential elections and not examine the 2016 election. Those are just two examples of serious misconduct by the president. Uh, I think it will be an opportunity for Mr. Mueller to really walk the the committee and the American people through the report. But these, the reason I say it's sober is because these are very serious allegations. This is very serious misconduct. And uh, for most people, it will be really the first time that they hear about the contents of the report. But don't you think we already know it? Don't you think it's already he's a guy that's going to just he's a by the book prosecutor and who's going to sit there. And when anyone asks a question, he's going to say, that's what it says in the report in page 212. Or as I stated in the report on page 402, and that it will become a dry rehash rehash or or well it's only a rehash if you've read the report i think look if anyone is expecting there's going to be some new information or mr Mueller's going to add some information that's not in the report that's not going to happen and i don't think anyone will expect it to but the report if all the special counsel does is walk through the findings in that report and the evidence he collected is explosive and damning and very very disturbing but it is the first time most people hear it. Most people have not read the Mueller report. Less than 3% of the American people have read it. Um, so I think most people have not read it. If you've read the full Mueller report, it will be repetitious. But most people haven't. So for most people, this will be the first occasion to really understand exactly the evidence he collected, the judgments he made, and the conduct of the president at issue. And it's explosive. It's damning and very serious. And I think he will deliver it in a way that conveys the seriousness of it. But you're right. It's not going to be exciting, but I think it's deadly serious. And I think that's how the hearing will proceed. But let me ask you, though, in in our polling a year ago, August, 49 percent of the American people expected that there would be wanted impeachment hearings. Now the number is down to 37 percent. What do you think's happened? Do you think people just say, oh, nothing's going to happen anyway? The Senate already has the votes to protect the president. So what's really the point? Aren't you yeah, worried I mean, about I think that? I think, look, I think first and foremost, judgments about whether or not you begin the proceeding to uh, remove a president of the United States is a serious undertaking. And it has to be uh, determined by the facts that exist and not by 
you know, putting your finger in the wind to the political judgment. This is like, in my mind, equivalent to a, a war vote. This this involves our Constitution, the rule of law, not only holding this accountable, but future presidents as well. And I think it has to be governed by one thing, and that's the evidence. When the Nixon impeachment inquiry was opened, only 17 percent of the American people thought President Nixon should be impeached. By the time the hearings were concluded and they knew the full story and all the evidence, an overwhelming majority of Americans thought he should be impeached and he resigned from office. So we're at the very beginning. It's double. 38 percent of the people think an impeachment inquiry should be open, double of what it was for Nixon. And they don't even know the story yet. And so I think when people actually hear the evidence presented by the special counsel, when he brings the Mueller report to light, it will have an enormous impact on public perception. And again, I think people are making judgments about what they think is the right, you know, move for our country based on the evidence that's presented both in this hearing and in other hearings. And I think we have to make judgments that that understand this is about protecting the rule of law, protecting the Constitution, making certain that nobody in this country, including the president of the United States, is above the law. Let me ask you this, sir. One of the things that we've been hearing from our sources is that allies of the president welcome impeachment proceedings because the way they see it, their internal polling shows that it actually would do quite well for the president and not so well for the Democratic Party. What do you make of that? Um, I, I, I don't believe that. I think the president's whole um, sort of reason for being is his brand. I think being one of only three or two presidents to have been impeached is not something the president welcomes. It will be a a significant negative mark on his administration. He will be known as having been impeached if that happens. But but you're, again, getting way ahead of where we are. I think that what, what I'm suggesting is the opening of an inquiry, which is the formal process, which is the vehicle by which the American people will learn the full story, that we should begin that process. Mr. Mueller will be, would be part of that, beginning to let the American people hear directly from witnesses about the conduct of the president. And at the end of that, make a judgment as to whether or not we ought to file articles of impeachment. But we certainly have enough evidence in the Mueller report by itself uh, to warrant the opening of a formal inquiry. And then you add to that the conduct of the president to obstruct Congress and prevent witnesses from coming forward, present, preventing documents from being produced. And that was Article 3 in the Nixon impeachment. So, look, I think there is substantial evidence to begin this inquiry. I think we have to make judgments about what is right for our country. And I think you have to worry about the political fallout later. I think the American people are smarter than people are giving them credit for if, in fact, they are persuaded that the president committed 10 serious uh, incidents of obstruction of justice, that they will support his removal from office. But they don't know all of that evidence yet because uh, they haven't had the opportunity to watch Robert Mueller or, frankly, most people haven't read the report. But I think we make a big mistake if we start trying to make political calculations of what we think is good for one political party or not. Our founders created this vehicle so that we could hold the president accountable. Mr. Mueller makes it clear in the report that Congress is really the only place where a president can be held accountable because a sitting president can't be charged according to the OLC memo. And unless we're prepared to say the president is above the law, and I don't think people are, then people expect us to do our job and hold him accountable. Congressman, just one more question on impeachment. You know, you've you and and some of your Democratic colleagues have uh, repeatedly tried uh, to pressure Speaker Pelosi to throw her support behind impeachment proceedings. Do you think she will ever get to a yes on this? Is this a Mueller hearing a, a part of that? What do you think her red line is on starting an impeachment inquiry, considering she said the president is engaged in a cover up? Yeah, I don't know that people are trying to change the speaker's mind. I think the speaker is reflecting the sentiment of the caucus. And I think what she does 
really expertly is she listens to the members of the caucus. There are ongoing conversations with people as they review evidence and think about kind of the best path forward. And I think that will continue to be an ongoing conversation. And I do think when the caucus, you know, there's consensus in the caucus that it is time to open an impeachment inquiry, my expectation is that the speaker will reflect that that consensus. And I think she has been a speaker that really invites people to share their views on this. There's been lots of discussions. Uh, I feel very comfortable sharing my views with the speaker. And I think, you know, as more and more people come to the conclusion that the time has come to begin a formal process of considering whether or not articles of impeachment should be filed, that when it reaches the the point that, that the caucus believes that that's the right path forward, the speaker will reflect that sentiment as well. And is this hearing part of getting there, getting uh, the speaker and the caucus to a yes on beginning impeachment Well, it's more, I mean, it's part of our responsibility. I mean, we, we you know, the special counsel conducted this investigation on behalf of the American people after a serious, you know, systematic and sweeping attack on our democracy by the Russians and uh, an effort by this president to impede, undermine or prevent this investigation. That report is done and we now have a responsibility to take the contents of that report, continue and build upon those findings and take whatever action we consider appropriate to hold the administration accountable. So, so this is very much of our responsibility as the Judiciary Committee, right. uh, our oversight responsibility and our responsibility as we contemplate how to hold the administration and the president accountable. So, Congressman, let's focus in on Wednesday. You have three hours with Robert Mueller. We have barely heard from him over the course of his nearly two-year investigation, except for that one statement uh, he gave from the Department of Justice. That was the only time we've heard from him uh, since he took the job and completed his report. You've mentioned all of the areas he outlines, but, you know, look, I I think you'd be the first to admit a lot of the hearings that we have seen, very few that we've seen publicly so far from the Democratic leadership, they can get a bit chaotic at times on both sides, right? We, We People can talk over each other, get lost. What do you and your colleagues on your your side of the aisle on the Judiciary Committee, where do you need to focus? What What is that one thing that, you know, if I'm watching this in uh, swing state Pennsylvania and I need to be swayed what I think about Donald Trump, what do I need to take away from the report? Do I want to know about Michael Cohen? Do I want to know with Stormy Daniels, with what he ordered uh, his former White House counsel, uh, Don McGahn, to do and not do? I mean, what, what do you think is that one fact that someone needs to pull out of the report and chew on? Well, I don't think there's one, but I do think you you touched on a couple. I think you'll first need to demonstrate that the report does not exonerate the president on the offenses of obstruction of justice, that obstruction of justice is a serious crime. Okay, but but, but stop for a second. We've been hearing those words for too long. Give me a specific part of the report, a fact, something that you believe. Let me finish. There are going to be five five factual uh, occurrences that relate first one is the direction to Don McGahn to fire the special counsel, then a direction to Don McGahn to lie and say the president never had uh, never told him to fire him. And then to go so far as to say, prepare a memo, you know, incorporating this 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 lie that I never asked you to find. That's number. That's a whole set of facts to the Corey Lewandowski. There's a second obstruction of justice where he tells Corey Lewandowski to go tell the attorney general he is to tell the special counsel to limit this investigation forward-looking to future presidential. That's obstruction of justice. So those are two. There are five instances of obstruction of justice where all three elements of the offense are met. Those, I think, will be the focus of the hearing. 
but for the fact that the Office of Legal Counsel rendered this memorandum, which, by the way, was written by the same lawyer who wrote the torture memo, and it was on the, you know, on the eve of a president who was facing impeachment, it has no, there's no law, there's no precedent, there's no court decision, there's no provision in the Constitution that says a sitting president can't be indicted, but that's the Office of Legal Counsel's memorandum. But there are five factual, uh, you know, five particular acts of the president where all three elements of obstruction of justice are met. And I expect that will be the focus of the hearing. Congressman, though, talk a little bit about your strategy. I was meeting with some of your Democratic colleagues uh, recently who are really talking about the crafting of the questions, how exactly you're going uh, to ask Mueller these questions. They say he never gives a 10-word answer when a one-word answer will do. How are you crafting these questions? What do you plan to ask him? Are, are you going to ask him? Do you want to ask him directly if he thinks the president committed a crime? How are you approaching this? Well, I mean, I think everyone is going to everyone recognizes that this is an opportunity for the American people to hear from Mr. Mueller. So I think you and you're right. No, I don't think anyone expects that he's going to give long, detailed answers. So I think a lot of it will be referencing what he wrote in his report. Um, and I think, you know, we're, most of us will avoid questions which ask him to speculate because he's not going to do that. He's going to limit his testimony to what's in the report. But as I've said, that is damning and significant and serious. And so I think you will hear people um, ask him questions that just affirm what he found and the conclusions he came to with respect to the president's conduct. And I hope it will be done in a way that is very easy to understand and very methodical. But- uh, we can't account for the way the Republicans will will use their five minutes, which may be quite different. But I think you will see the Democrats be very strategic about allowing Mr. Mueller to walk us through the conduct of the president at issue here and the facts that he uncovered uh, and that are contained in the report. But, Congressman, I, you know, I'm a TV producer and I remember the Watergate hearings and those hearings mesmerized the nation because there were actual tapes. We heard Richard Nixon's voice say, do this, Mr. Dean. In this, do you think the expectations, if the, if the headlines on Thursday morning are snoozer or food fight between Republicans and Democrats, is this over? Can it keep going without a public fascination? Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I do not think you need, I take your point, but I don't think you need a tape. I think the testimony of Mr. Mueller and the evidence he collected is substantial. I think the American people, when they hear it, will be deeply disturbed. And as I said, we start off the hearing with twice as many people who think an impeachment inquiry is appropriate than Nixon did at the beginning of his hearing. So, so, and people have come to that conclusion, haven't read the report yet. So I think the fact is when they actually hear the evidence and they hear it from Mr. Mueller, uh, they will become even more persuaded that an impeachment inquiry is appropriate. But th- to answer your question directly, this is not the end. This is an important moment. We have lots more witnesses we need to hear from. There's no question that Mr. Mueller is a very important part of this investigation. But this is not the, the end of the inquiry. Um, this is really the beginning of, of the Judiciary Committee's work. And that's why a number of other fact witnesses are already under subpoena, so that the American people can learn the full truth about exactly what the president did. 
so you kind of teed up that next question in a way. You say there's going to be more uh, witnesses. This is just the beginning. So I was just going to ask you, what's next after this? You have, you've already authorized those 12 more individuals. Uh, do you still expect the committee to subpoena all those individuals for their testimony and documents? And do you really think, you know, going into a one-month August recess that you're going to have momentum behind this, that we're still going to be talking about Mueller when you guys come back in September? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a the chairman of the committee will obviously make a decision about what subpoenas to issue, but a number have already been issued. We're particularly interested, of course, in hearing from Don McGahn, uh, particularly interested in hearing from, again, from Hope Hicks, uh, Corey Lewandowski, Michael Flynn. I mean, I think there's a lot of witnesses that have firsthand knowledge that are referenced in the Mueller report. Um, I think there's also a reasonable possibility that we may do some work uh, in the district work period uh, of August. It may be that there are some depositions or some hearings that will need to be held. And I think members of the committee are perfectly prepared to come back uh, to continue their work even during the August recess. All right. Well, thank you very much, Congressman. We look forward to the hearing on tomorrow on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks again. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to break down the conversation with Congressman David Cicilline. We're back to the investigation. I'm Chris Vlasto, and I'm joined here by John Santucci and Catherine Falders. Catherine, I'm just looking at your notes. You were kind of checking off as he was talking, like bullet point one, bullet point two, and onward he went. Yeah, it's exactly right. We know what the committees are going to ask about. They have these five specific elements uh, that they want to touch on, the 10 instances of obstruction. But I will say that when you talk to the Democratic staffers behind the scenes, they are downplaying this a little bit more, right? There's going to be a no big bombshell they don't expect there to be. Uh, of course, members of Congress have been talking this up for months. But as you heard Cicilline uh, say, he just said this is going to be a rehash of the report if you haven't read it. This is uh, just the book and now you're going to watch the movie, as some people have said behind the scenes. But, but I, I just go back to w- one of the questions I asked him, which is mm-hmm. you've got to give me something specific that somebody can go home and chew on, right? That I could talk about around a cup right. of coffee at work or I could go home and talk around the dinner table at night. And I think that when people just hear there is uh, no clue there is no obstruction. Oh, wait, there was collusion. There was like it, it's just words at that point. Like you've got to give somebody something to actually chew on. They can talk about a character, a setting, a place. Uh, I don't know. I but, just I, I wonder how this is actually going to play out on well, Wednesday. Well, because I think they're also underestimating his lack of excitement. He's yeah. not he's not a TV. I do not. Into, right. Now, I think there may be fireworks between the congressmen yes. on yes. both sides. But I think Bob Mueller may just sit there quietly. Well, but he, here's this question, too, for the, for the three of us, because I've been thinking about this. If I'm a Republican, right, and I really want to come and beat up Bob Mueller, right, how do you do that if Bob Mueller's just going to sit there with his hands folded and not really react? I, I mean, that's See, really I don't, But I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to attack him. But still, th- you're not going to get that bravado at all. It's, I don't know. It's but it's be... also exactly the reason why Robert Mueller didn't want to come testify in the first place. True. You know, he didn't want to be a political pawn up here. I mean, even through our reporting when the Democrats had him for two hours and then had to go back and say, we actually want you to come for three hours before the Judiciary Committee. We want more time. Mueller said, look, I've given it to you. Stop arguing over this. I don't uh, want to be you know, seen as a political pawn. He didn't say that, of course. Sources right. behind the scenes have told us that. But I agree. I think you'll see a lot of the fighting from the members of the committee. 
Right. I think people also, I think the Democratic congressmen are underestimating what the American people have learned and are aware of the report. Well, and, I and think I think they're insulting to the American people to think that they weren't paying attention. You know, all the coverage that every cable news show, us, right. every newspaper in the country, millions of people, even like, you know, George Stephanopoulos's interview with Donald Trump. Right. Millions of people were watching this and paying attention to it. It's not like the first time they're going to learn about this. But this this is the other part of that too, Chris. Your your word, one word and the other is exactly right. Mm. They were watching. It feels like so long ago. I mean, the three of us were here that weekend waiting for Bill Barr's letter to drop, then waiting <laughs> the next couple days for the full report to come out. I mean, is it me? Doesn't that feel like that's 10 years ago at this point? No, and, and you're right. And I think people know, and that's why the numbers have gone down. I think the American people have said, okay, we know what he did, but you know what? There's an election coming up. We'll vote him out if we don't like him, or we'll vote him in if we like him. Yeah, and I think the, the numbers, Chris, that we were talking to the congressman about 49% last August, and then now it's 37 and it, right after the report, the support for impeachment was down at 37%. So, of course, uh, Democrats who are in favor of starting impeachment impeachment proceedings think that having this on television, that having the American public see this will help. Right. I, I'm just not so sure that that's you know, and, accurate. And, and Chris, I think you brought up this point most recently. At the first debate that we saw from the Democrats, the topics of impeachment or Bob Mueller barely came up at all. Right. But the, well, the one thing I will say, though, is it, it, some of the Republican members of Congress, of course, will focus on Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. But uh, I think the Republican strategy here will be a little bit interesting to watch. We haven't had a briefing from them yet. We know that they want to cross-examine his conclusions. And, and I was just texting a source uh, just a moment ago asking, you know, saying that we haven't heard much about their strategy. And they say uh, that they're telling their members to talk about the things Mueller didn't do and that he didn't say and reinforce his conclusions in the report. And Catherine, wait, oh, let me ask one more thing, because I I heard us saying that a theory going around is that they're going to focus on the Republican side is the fact that he had already come to these conclusions before the election and that the report could have come out then. Before the midterm? Yeah, that's a theory going around. I, I don't know where this is coming from, but it seemed to be discussed. Have you well, heard just, that, Catherine? I, I haven't heard too much of that before the election. I mean, I think yeah. they are definitely going to focus on, look, I don't think we needed this to go on for two years. Maybe we had the conclusion sooner rather than later. And the source just told me that they're going to reinforce the conclusions of the report. But I haven't specifically heard that time. Like, yeah, no, and, and, and the thing that doesn't make sense to me about that, Chris, think about it. We began this year with, I mean, we have to remember, another indictment from the special counsel. He did indict Roger Stone, and that did fall into a piece of what they were trying to explain when it came down to the collusion chapter of uh, Bob Mueller's report. So I, I, I... Well, no, because I think it's the idea of saying Bob Mueller believes that he could not indict the president due to the Office of Legal Counsel's memorandum. So if oh, that's the that case, if okay, that's I the case, and if okay. you right. come to that conclusion, right. why do you keep investigating him then? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but then but then it comes down to the argument of, of what the special counsel was hired to do. And, and when we saw the memorandum that was his hiring, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't going to give any sort of midterm report. He was going to do a final report. So if he wasn't finished with other aspects of his investigation, we weren't going to get any tea leaves. I mean, the fact that we didn't hear from the special counsel throughout it, I mean, it was incredible. There were no leaks. There was no sense of where they were going until it actually happened. I mean, the special 
special counsel went on the record twice throughout the investigation only to clarify that things that were out there were simply not true. So I, I don't, you know, they could say that that was a rumor. I just don't think that was the way that he ever operated. I mean, so it's hard to believe. What do you guys make of the congressman saying this is just the beginning of everything? You know, I've talked to some folks up there that say, you know, it depends what we hear from Mueller. Maybe this will be be the end, the end of yeah. end of our investigating in a sense or subpoenas. Obviously, you know, they've authorized these 12 additional subpoenas that include the names he mentioned, uh, Corey Lewandowski, Jared et cetera, Kushner's Jared. Yeah. I mean, do you think the public really has an appetite for this after? I don't. It depends. Unless unless I'm totally surprised by Robert Mueller tomorrow, I believe this chapter. I mean, I do believe there are other things to investigate, but I do not believe I do believe the Mueller chapter then would be over unless unless I'm surprised, unless Bob Mueller makes a compelling case that basically says if not for the memo. Right. I would indict this president. And he may do it in a legalized way that gives Congress a little room to want to impeach. But I just don't see it. I may be completely wrong, but I just don't see it. And I think the other question is the president is always saying no obstruction, no collusion. Mm -hmm. Do and I asked the congressman a little bit about this, but do they just directly ask him, did you find did your report find no obstruction and no collusion? He can't say yes or no to that. Well, you know, he's going to say the, the evidence. He's right. Gonna, exactly. He, it's going it's to be interesting to see. But regardless, Chris, we're going to have a busy day here, bright and early Wednesday morning. Well, it is. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to hit subscribe and leave us a rating. I want to thank our producers, Caitlin Fulmer, Emily Rachowski, Trevor Hastings, and Ford Hatchett. And from my colleagues, John Santucci and Catherine Falders, we will have a bonus episode of The Investigation after Robert Mueller's testimony on Congress. We'll see you then. <laughs>